I was in a field that I thought was predictable and appropriate for me. But what I realized is that I really wanted to make more money. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, grown up friends. There are a lot of perks to what I do, and one of them is getting to speak to some truly iconic role models, financial grown-ups ahead of their time. Today's guest, way up there. She is truly a pioneer in the investment business. This is what we call a big get when it comes to landing guests. Way before we talked about career pivots, imposter syndrome, making an impact, all those buzzwords and catchphrases, Linda Davis Taylor was doing it all. Listen and learn from this incredible role model. She is the chairman and CEO of Clifford Swan Investments and the author of The Business of Family, How to Stay Rich for Generations. Here is Linda Davis-Taylor. Hey, Linda Davis-Taylor, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. You are CEO and chairman of Clifford Swan Investment Counselors all the way in Pasadena. I wish I lived out there. It sounds so beautiful out there in California. It is. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about the company before we get to your money story. We are actually the first investment advisory firm that was founded in the country, believe it or not, 1915. Companies' roots go back in this community over 100 years, which makes it so much fun to work now with families who are in their fourth generation. And we can see the 90-year-olds, the 60-year-olds, the 40-year-olds, and the 10-year-olds in one meeting. And it's just really rewarding to be in such a great community. And community is really important. In fact, a member of your community at the college you were working at 25 years ago is the focus of the money story that you are going to tell us. And it started with an appointment that was really, you thought about his future, but it turned out to be about your future. Tell us your money story, Linda. That's exactly right. This uh, great gentleman who I knew a little bit then, who became a lifelong acquaintance, I'll tell you more later, came into my office, I thought, to talk about the fact that he was retiring from his firm. And he looked me in the eye and he said, I'm here because I want to change your trajectory and I want you to come and take over the leadership role in my firm, which was an investment firm, which now is Clifford Swan. Wow. And what were you doing? Explain more about what you were doing at the time and what your mindset was, because you weren't looking to make a change. No. In fact, I said to him, Mr. Swan, I barely know the difference between a stock and the bond. How would I ever become a leader in the investment firm? I was in the higher ed environment. I've been there for 25 years. I was a college admissions dean. I worked with all kinds of young kids uh, going to college. Then I moved into philanthropy and I was working at this awesome women's college where his wife was a graduate. And I was talking to women about philanthropy, which of course is connected with money, but in no way did I have the aspiration to think that I could make a switch from education to finance. And that's what he came in my office to talk to me about. Was it a question of self-doubt, imposter syndrome? I mean, tell about the gears in your mind at that point. I mean, what were you thinking? I was 
in a field that I thought was predictable and appropriate for me. But what I realized is that I really wanted to make more money. And he was the person who made me think, that's great. That's not only okay, that's terrific. And it's great to have an aspiration about money if you're a woman. How much of your feeling that you wanted to make more money, were you holding back, you think, because you were a woman? Were you still tied to the often self-imposed rules that we put on ourselves? I was the daughter of an entrepreneur, but I was told at that phase and that part of the country, it's fine for you to be in education or maybe be a nurse, but you can't go into the family business because that's not what girls do. Wow. Okay. So what clicked in your mind that you said, you know what, maybe I am going to do this. I thought to myself, if I don't go out of this office and follow this incredible opportunity, this man has literally climbed into my office and said, how about doing this? If I don't do this now, I don't know if I'll have that opportunity again. So I knew it was a leap that I needed to take. And it was just the universe giving me what I needed to make me take that step. All right. So what happened? You just quit and left and started. What was it like starting? It was very challenging because I did not have on paper the skills to do that job. So I entered then the financial world, mostly men. They thought, what is this woman from a college doing here? So it took me a lot of determination, but also his support to be able to make that successful transition. Having that male mentor. This goes to something we talk about a lot, the importance of men to get women and help women to achieve what they can achieve. But it is, it, it's not just for women. And men play a very important role in this. And the fact that he had the faith in you and pushed you to do what you were capable of, I think is important to note. Absolutely. And probably true in many fields. At the time this was 20 years ago, it was absolutely true in the field of finance that without a male successful financial entrepreneur, I don't think it could have happened. And someone as determined, as passionate as this particular man who became my champion in that transition. What I now know is that, you know, at 20 years later, I see myself as a financial mentor, particularly to young women. But he was that to me every week. And he retired from the firm after six months. And he was not there day to day. But every week for the next 20 years, we had breakfast. And what he was doing gradually over time is teaching me, teaching me not so much how to be a, a CEO, but teaching me what it really means to have competence and confidence about money and to be aspirational about it. And, and I realized that a mentoring is not about one or two meetings, but it's about long-term really being consistent and building in that kind of, again, competence and confidence. So he passed away about a year ago. I miss him every day, but I, when I think about him, I think of this Mark Twain quote that's very simple. And it said, Keep away from people who try to belittle your ambition because small people always do that. The really great make you feel that you too can be great. And I think we all need that. I think a lot of women need that. He did that for me, made me feel competent and confident about having those kind of aspirations and that my dreams and my ideas and my talents were really on target. I just needed to take it up and do it. So he became a lifelong mentor, and now I think it's my turn to do that in whatever way I can. 
On that note, what is the lesson for our listeners? Find a financial mentor. You just have to find one. I think it's still very, very hard, particularly for women to understand what their own fears or lack of confidence or what they feel about money. The financial industry does not make it easy to understand it. And that financial mentor, not just a mentor in general, but someone who we can really be honest with and can tell us, you know, things like Mr. Swan did, don't have a lot of debt. The moment you get out of debt is when you really start being financially secure. You know, things about being careful with your spending, all of these things over time, find a financial mentor. Well said. Let's move on to your everyday money tip. And this is something we all need to listen to. So pay attention, my friends. Go for it. So my big one is don't purchase any snacks on the go. When you're thinking about those snacks, those extra drinks, it just adds uh, unneeded calories, frankly, and it wastes money. So no snacks on the go. Very well said. Could you give us some examples of the temptations that you pass up on? Was there anything that happened that changed your mind that you had an aha moment about this or have you always been this way? So in in the morning before your commute, it's tempting to go buy, you know, coffee, tea or, or snack area of your choice. When you're in an airport, walk on by, don't get that stuff and take it on the plane. When it's late at night in a hotel, stay out of the mini bar, no potato chips, no chocolate chip cookies. Those are the things that tempt me. And I just have to say, no, I don't need it. It's going to be five extra dollars on my bill and 500 extra calories. Keep the mini bar door closed. All right, Linda. (laughs) Exactly. Linda, where can people learn more about you, about Clifford Swan Investment Counselors and the things that you care about? I know you're a big philanthropist as well. Yes, I'm interested in all those things. So Clifford Swan Investment Counselors is cliffordswan.com. I also have a personal website, lindadavistaylor.com, with some financial toolkit items on there that I think would be fun. And I wrote a book a couple of years ago called The Business of Family, How to Stay Rich for Generations, which is, uh, yes, some money tips, but also the fact that once you find your purpose in life, then the rest of it will flow. So those are my passions. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bobby. Here we go. Financial grown-up tip number one, find mentors early and often. For Linda, she had one that made a huge difference. That doesn't always happen. For most of us, it may be several in different stages of our careers and for different purposes. When I wrote How to Be a Financial Grown-Up, I went on what I now call my mentor tour, asking successful people that I admired to just meet with me and talk about themselves. The information that I learned was life-changing and it became the foundation for my book and now this podcast. Financial grown-up tip number two, Linda's everyday money tip is one of my favorites ever because so many of us, and yeah, I'm looking in the mirror, so many of us cave to those little treats, especially when we are traveling. So here's one thing that I've learned to do that at least cuts off one major super unnecessary tip. And that is if you're traveling and you're buying food somewhere, you don't necessarily need to buy that bottle of water. If you're buying something else, it's a little weird if you go up if you're not buying anything else, but if you're already buying food, it's kind of okay to go up to the counter and say, oh, can I just get a cup with ice and water? Most of the time, they're 
pretty happy to give it to you. And especially if you have a kid with you, forget it. They will definitely do it. So try it. You'll usually save five bucks on a bottle of water that is so unnecessary to pay for. Please take a moment now, pause before you move on and think, is there a friend that would totally relate to Linda's story? and those of the other guests that we have on this podcast. And then reach out to them and tell them about the podcast so we can grow the show. You may even have to show them how to subscribe, but please take the time. One-to-one friend referrals are literally the best way to grow our community, and they are so appreciated. DM me, let me know that you did so, so I can thank you personally. Bobby Rebel one on Instagram, Bobby Rebel on Twitter. And you can also email us at hello at financialgrownup.com. And on that note, big thanks to Linda Davis-Taylor for sharing such a special and inspiring story and helping us all get one step closer to being financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.